Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to Radio Podcast on KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. I am your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. You can follow me on Instagram at sarcastic.a.book. Website recoveryradiokmp3.com and to get the books go to sarcasticbigbook.com. And as always, I'm so glad you're here with me. I don't know if your day is just getting started or it's just winding down or it's somewhere right in the middle, but you know, I'm glad for that. So grateful. I have no desire to drink today. I am an alcoholic. I was worried when I first got sober that I would become less convinced of that over time. And early on, I spent a lot of energy running around trying to disprove my experience, hoping against hope I was not an alcoholic, asking countless people the same questions over and over again. But what if I'm not? But what if I'm not an alcoholic? But what if I'm not, though? And finally, somebody was smart enough to say, if you found out that you were not an alcoholic, what would you do? And that was very profound to me because of what swelled up inside me when I was asked that. Well, I, I would, if I found it, I wasn't. I would go, I would drink for the rest of my life. <laughs> Anyways. But I was very worried that I would be doubting that more and more over time. And the opposite has happened, and I'm glad for that. Were I ever to uh, drink again, it would be pretty quick. 
because I don't, I'm not coming back to a meeting and raising my hand. I'm offing myself. I'm drinking. The way I drink is how much, how quickly can I put enough alcohol in me to stop my heart from beating? That's how I drink. So glad I have no desire to drink today. Really try not to take that for granted. It's the most important thing in my life, being able to be sober and enjoy sobriety. And Speaking of enjoying sobriety, I do have a piping hot cup of French roast coffee from Trader Joe's mixed with some Don Francisco's hazelnut. It's right here in my fancy mug. I'm not big on fancy mugs, but maybe I am because I have one. <laughs> but then I was worried about that. Then I was worried about that. Then I was worried about not having fun in sobriety. A lot of people in sobriety not having fun. A lot of people in sobriety. If I crawled into their skin, I would. I couldn't do it for a sustained period of time. And if I would crawl into my skin back then, right now, I, I couldn't do it either. It's just, I was very uncomfortable, very unhappy, very confused, very stressed out. And it wasn't until I was Two and a half years sober that I got the message that's in the book Alcoholics Anonymous untangled for me in a way that was permanent. Changed my whole life. Changed my whole life. many, many years ago, and it continues to change my life, continues to expand, mean more, but the message that I received changed everything. And it's not nuanced seems nuanced, but it's not nuanced. It's a big, big, significant set of information, set of pieces of information that really changed everything for me. In a nutshell, I mean, in the simplest way to put it, it's I don't trust selfishness. I don't trust self-centered thoughts that I have. I don't trust them. Fear is a manifestation of self. Resentment is a manifestation of self. So when I can discern that I have a thought that is based on some kind of fear, or, you know, if I have a resentment, I just don't trust it. It's not my alcoholism. I can pivot, think of something else, turn my attention to something else, do something else. 
um, I mean, in a way, that's kind of it. Because if I continue to do that, the main part of my alcoholism, the main, the crux of the alcoholic problem remains in an arrested state. And that's it. And it's not an issue. So in a way, that's kind of it. I go through the day thinking about that. Is it selfish or not? Can I tell it's selfish? Obviously, there's things that you know, I'm always seeing selfishness that I couldn't see before. So I just do my best to discern it at this moment. Can't do more than that. But I just don't trust selfishness. That's it. I mean, that's that that right there is my... That's the reason why... I am having fun. It's the reason why I am. I can sit through discomfort. It's the reason why I am. You know, I have boundaries in my life that are. You know, keep toxic people out of my life. It's the reason why my home is peaceful, happy. It's the reason why I love going to work. It's the reason why, I mean, just, it's the reason why I have no desire to drink today. It's not complicated anymore. I had this program so fussy, so cerebral. And, you know, getting that information that alcoholism is a twofold malady, and our spiritual malady, overcoming that is the solution to our alcoholism. Doing the steps with that understanding was night and day. Changed everything about it. Changed everything about my focus, what I thought about, how I applied the steps, all of it. You know, there's lots of confusion in the fellowship about recovered and recovering, but there's no confusion in the big book about this. The confusion comes from the belief that alcoholism is a threefold illness <laughs> and our character defects are alcoholism. That's where all the confusion that I can see comes from. Because when you say you're recovered and you believe that your spiritual sickness is your disease, then recovered sounds wrong, sounds arrogant, sounds confused, sounds like you're done, like you're cured, like you don't have character defects anymore, you don't have to grow anymore, you've got this, it just sounds all wrong. 
But the big book says, you know, if you're spiritually fit enough, the insanity of alcohol is in an arrested state. You will not talk yourself into drinking today, which will render the physical secondary component of alcoholism, the permanent progressive bodily portion of the malady of no consequence. Not cured, but you're in a recovered state. Big book's really clear on that. My sponsor, the man who took me through the steps initially, I mean, he would look at the word in the big book, recovered, and tell me that they meant recovering. We just didn't compute. <laughs> I've been looking at the original manuscript called the book that started it all, the original manuscript of the big book a lot, and there's a few amazing things in there. One of them is on, it's on page 46 in the original manuscript, but in the big book, I think it's on page 100 something. Let me take a gander. What a dumb word. Um, page 100 and 101 in the, in the big book. Um, this is assuming we are spiritually fit, we can do all sorts of things alcoholics are not supposed to do. This is the last paragraph on page 100. People have said we must not go where liquor is served, we must not have it in our homes, we must shun friends who drink, we must avoid moving pictures which show drinking scenes, we mustn't go into bars, our friends must hide their bottles if we go into their houses, we mustn't think or be reminded of alcohol at all. And in the big book, the next sentence is, our experience shows that this is not necessarily so. But in the original manuscript it says, experience proves this is nonsense. It's the only part of that whole section that's different. And it goes on to something so cool. Um, so our rule. Last full paragraph on page 101. So our rule is to not avoid a place if there's drinking, if we have legitimate reason for being there. That includes bars, nightclubs, dances, receptions, weddings, even plain ordinary whoopee parties. To a person who's had experience with an alcoholic, this may seem like tempting providence, but it isn't. You'll note we've made an important qualification. Therefore, ask yourself on each occasion, have, any, have I any legitimate social... What does it say in the rude engine? It says, in the book it says, have I any good social business or personal reason for going to this place? In the original manuscript, do I have any legitimate social business or personal reason for going to this place? But then in the original manuscript, which is not in the book, the next sentence is, am I going to be helpful to anyone there? Could I be more helpful by going somewhere else?
Anyways, I'm gonna go. I have a life. You know what I mean? I can't just sit here with you all day. I have things to do. I have to bronze up for a photo shoot. There's a new product called the... (laughs) Instead of a bikini, it's a bikini. There's a me that says me, bikini. And it's just very, very, very revealing, very... Provocative men's spoons. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to stop. Um, today I'll give a shout out to Chelsea, as always, and Dave, and um, give a shout out to Tom. I'm going to give a special shout out to Ian today. He was a guest on the show recently. And, um, I'm going to give a special shout out to Seth the Sloth. <laughs> it's an inside joke. All right, if anybody needs to hear it, I'll say everything's okay. And um, send me an email, sarcasticbigbook at gmail.com. Let's see what the more sarcastic daily meditation says today. Today's the 16th of May. Ready for this? Don't say anything when someone is being evil. Because you're just judging and that's wrong. Alright. I'm out of here. I do not know why my life was saved, but I am going to go try to live a life that's worth saving now.